0: And we think that it, because it's rational or because it comes from our mind, it's going to be okay. But right. how many times your thoughts are completely unaware? Yeah, that's my right. daily my struggle. Then I say, yeah. okay, shut up and listen <laughs> to your heart because my intuition say- is really strong.
1: Welcome to the podcast, Being All of Us. It's great to have you here. My name is Brian David George, and my mission is to inspire you to become an agent of change in your own life through the stories of people like you from around the world who are on a journey of self-discovery and inclusion. I believe that these conversations will lift you up and help you to uncover your potential and to become your higher self. So sit back, go for a walk, a run, a drive, whatever works for you and enjoy some time to get to know more about yourself. Hello and welcome. Esperanza.
0: Hi, Ryan.
1: <laughs> great to have you here today. Thank you so much for coming.
0: No, thank you for the invitation. I'm very excited. <laughs> of course,
1: I am too. So we are here to get to know you, basically, to hear, to hear your story a little bit, to understand all of who you are. And I want to just ask you by, I just want to start the question with, who are you? <laughs> like, tell us about you. Who are you? Tell us your story.
0: Okay. I was born and raised in Mexico City. And I lived there up to, until I was 20, no, 18, I think. And I come from a very standard traditional family, father, mother, and a sister. (laughs) We were raised Catholic. Mm. My parents loved each other very much. So we were really, I was raised in a very, you know, like a very protective home. Everything Mm -hmm. was just like, ideally my father worked, my mother Mm -hmm. stayed at home and take care of us. So that's more or less my upbringing. Mm-hmm. And when I turned 18, I went to study at the university two hours away from Mexico City. Okay. And I started studying cultural anthropology. <laughs> okay. in, on my third year, I went abroad in an exchange program to Germany. My plan was to stay just one year, but they turned 17. <laughs> So (laughs) after one year, I decided to stay there. Mm -hmm. I dropped my university in Mexico and I started all over again in Germany.
1: How old were you? Sorry. How old were you when you went to Germany?
0: I was 21.
2: 21. Okay.
0: So it was one of the, I think one of the, maybe the first really uh, break, uh, or how do you say, you know, uh, my family, it, it <laughs> completely tur- it turned the, the dynamics in my family. First of all, when I went right. to study at the other, at the other university, mm-hmm. okay, t- two hours away, but still, I was like close uh, to my family. I,
1: away from home for the first time.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I decided to stay in Europe, then it was a big change within the family. Yeah. And it's something that sometimes bothers me or I don't know, it's not bothering, but it, I know that it, it, it had a... a big impact on the family dynamics obviously (laughs) yeah and i was the first child i mean i'm I'm the oldest so it was just like like that how
1: many brothers and sisters do you have
0: i just i have just one sister one sister Uh, she's two years younger than me
2: okay all right
0: and then i went to uh, after 17 years in germany okay i did my whole studies there i finished Mm -hmm. there what i did was uh I tried to, to continue with cultural anthropology, but it was really difficult in Germany because they have a, cultural anthropology is quite American. and in, in, in Europe, you have other schools and there was et- ethnology, but it was not the same thing. And at the very end, I ended up studying something different called Empirical Cultural Studies. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the name of my of my major and my minors. I did Spanish and Portuguese.
1: Okay. Can you tell me a little bit about or tell us a little bit about how you got to that major? What was it about empirical? What was it? Empirical?
0: A cultural studies. Cultural
1: <laughs> studies. What was it about that that drew you
2: in?
0: I mean, I've always been interested in, in knowing other, pe- other cultures and, all, and social, social movements. And so, so everything that has to do with, with uh, society interests me. Yeah. That's why I, I, should, I started with anthropology, uh, not sociology, but at the very end with, culture, with empirical cultural studies, it was just like a very deep study within Germany, why they behave like that. And we had to study a lot of folk, uh-huh.
2: you
0: know, traditions and rituals wow. within Germany. And it's just like a, a mixture of everything, a bit of so- sociology, a bit of philosophy, mm. a little bit of anthropology and history as well.
1: Wow! So it actually covered quite a few fields, quite a few areas.
0: Yeah, and it depends in the and depending on what you studied with uh, with your minors, you could complete it and have a, a complete new world. You know, mm. most of my my classmates studied philosophy together with this one, and they were it was, because they wanted to be to become journalists. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So not, not really my thing, but. Anyhow, uh, I went there and at the beginning, I wanted to work for cultural institutes. That's what uh-huh. at the beginning, that was my 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 dream, no? Okay. to be to be like a, a like a bridge between cultures, but within within an, in an institute was or something like
1: that. I remember having that dream. When was the first time that you're kind of aware? Were you how old were you or how did that come about, that dream of bridging cultures, of bringing people together?
0: Uh, Since I was eight, maybe, or something. Because since I was little, I wanted to to learn other languages. I was interested in other cultures. And I was even mad with my mom because she she married another Mexican. And I wanted an American father (laughs) or or someone, (laughs) a foreigner, because I always said, Imagine if, if my father was, uh, if my father was uh, American, then I would speak right. English with no accent. And at home, we would speak English, not Spanish, like everybody else. You know, I wanted to be different.
1: <laughs> so you were, uh, you were angry with your mom for marrying your father or was this your stepfather?
0: No, no, no. It was my father. Oh, father. But, I, 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 but I don't know why all the other all the way around could be. Uh-huh. but I don't know. I, I was angry with my mom and I said, ah, I wanted an American father <laughs> or something like that. That's why I, I was always interested in knowing other cultures. And I said, OK, if I go there and I, I dreamt about being a, an ambassador or something wow. like that, because I wanted to be in other cultures and to bring uh, these cultures together.
1: There was part so of you I, that knew that this was where you were going, right? Even from when Yes. You were
0: huh. Yeah. And, and it's stupid now, but I had an aunt that could read the hand. Uh-huh. And I remember that she read my hand and she said, oh, my God, you're going away. <laughs> you you will be living away, knew, abroad. She knew. Yeah. she knew. And I said, and, I, and that stuck into my mind. And I said, oh, hopefully I want to live abroad. I, I wanted to see the world. And yeah. in Mexico, I never felt comfortable enough. Mm. I was it's always looking outside.
1: It's funny. It's funny. Well, something that really sounds familiar to me is, you know, we were both born in the Americas, in North America. And yeah you know, and now we're both like on this side of the Atlantic. And it's, it's funny because I also felt like that, like a need to, to go further, you know, like that wasn't, that was holding me back. Being there was holding me back. Like I need to expand, to go further away, to see more things, to learn more, meet more people. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, we both come from very big countries, but at the same time, I always felt like, I know there must be something else. Like, but this can't be it. I need right. to see the world. Yeah.
1: You know, the first time the other day we were, we, when we were preparing for this call, I mentioned that I have a German connection too, that we haven't talked about.
0: Yes. Tell me.
1: The first time I ever left the United States was to go to Germany. I was 16 years old and I participated in the German exchange program that my high school had. So the German students that we exchanged with came to spend a month with us during the school year, the academic year, and then we went to spend a month with them during the summer. And, and where
0: did you go? Alnkirchen
1: is the name of the town, which is close to Bonn and Cologne.
0: Ah, OK, OK. Mm-hmm. Kind of in
1: between the two. And that was the first time I'd ever left my country. And my mother to this day says, I knew as soon as you got back that you would not live in this country. There's something that they notice in us, you know, that that actually we were. We were born for something different, something bigger, something more. I don't know. It's hard to describe, but it's more, you know?
0: Yeah. Because uh, do you have brothers, siblings?
1: I have one younger brother, too.
0: (laughs) Ah, the same. And does he have this like this? Is is he like you?
1: No, he's the complete opposite. He is. So do I. (laughs) He is like, you know, he's keeping down the fort there in Newport News, Virginia. Right. That's where he was born and raised and that's where he lives.
0: Yeah. So my sister is still in Mexico City, completely proud. She went to Germany as well. One year yeah. as an opera. OK. She liked the experience, but she said, no, that's not I will never live in Germany. And she came back to Mexico and she's happy there. Mm-hmm. And she has not and she doesn't have this this need to, to see other things she wants. To, she likes traveling and she likes mm. learning things, but she she doesn't need to go away.
1: It's, you know, it kind of sounds to me like there are people who actually need to go away to travel. And there are people who can travel from where they are, you know, yeah. I don't know, if that makes sense to you or not. But it's like, you know, some people don't actually need to move their bodies to a different country to have those experiences that you and I might find outside of our country.
0: Yeah. Oh, they don't need that. Or They're yeah. not really interested. Yeah. So
1: I want to ask you, you know, part of who we are, part of our story is something that we were given when we were born, which is our name, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. For
1: people who are listening who don't speak Spanish, what does Esperanza mean? It us? means hope. Yeah. So what, hope. Do you think, what do you think your name says about you? What does hope say about who you are?
0: Oh, okay. It's the, I was given this name because of my grandma. She was my father's mother. And I think I really have a deep connection to her. I never met her. Uh-huh. She died like 12 years before I was born, yeah. but somehow I, I was really connected to her and also to my father. Mm-hmm. And I believe, and she was also, and she, she's somebody I always admire because she was a, she was widow, she went, she became widow really young. She was about, I think she was like 30, 32 oh, wow. with four kids when Whoa. she was widowed. Yeah. And she was a really hardworking woman and she liked to learn a lot by herself. And she was really, you know, like really straightforward. So, and so am I. So I don't know. I think it just about my personality. I, I look at my grandma uh-huh. and at the same time, I think I've had some experiences that brings hope to people. I think, hopefully.
1: Can you maybe talk about one of those experiences where you've brought hope to someone? wow
0: I, I never i didn't expect to talk about it but uh-huh. uh, i'll tell you anyhow yeah. when I was thirty four I was diagnosed with cancer and it was like a shock obviously I was really young and i and I was living in Germany mm-hmm. on my own and at the same time and at that time i didn't have a partner I was single wow. so i i had to go through it on my own uh-huh. mostly you no know? <laughs> and I was a fighter, obviously. Mm -hmm. Okay, my mom went, she could visit me and she stayed with uh, with me three months. Okay. As long as she could because of the visa and the permit. And then she had to go back. Mm-hmm. So I was left there and I had really good friends who took care of me, but still I was living on my own and I had to do it alone. Ah. And I, I've always heard. And at the moment I was just like fighting for myself and I didn't see that as an accomplishment. I just said, okay, okay I have to do it. And that's it. No, that's what I, I had to do. But now with it, I mean, seven, eight years have, have passed. And now I realize how, how strong I was and how I, dealt with that you know and at the same and at that time I, I was really optimistic and I did a lot of fun about it I, I took many pictures and when I had to shave my hair <laughs> I did that like a big moment I, you know wow. it was entertaining as well myself and I think and right. everybody was kept telling me I mean you're so brave and you're so like you're really hope and Esperanza mm. that's your name and you you bring us that you you really love life yeah. and Yeah. And maybe that's, I think at that moment, you know, obviously my life changed a lot since then.
1: When you first found out that you had cancer, what was, what was the first thing that came to mind? What was the first thing that your body wanted you to do? Like, did you cry? Did you get angry? How did you respond to
0: that? I was perplexed. Do you say that? I was just like, (laughs) and I remember that the, right? Yeah. Like,
1: this, is, this is, that's not possible, right? You couldn't imagine it was actually true.
0: No, I, I mean, the doctor kept talking and I don't remember what she said. It was just like, you know, she kept, I remember the moment she was talking to me, explaining, I don't know what. Mm. And I was just like, oh. and the, the only thing that mattered to me was how am I supposed to tell my, my family that I'm yeah. sick? That was my, my biggest concern. And yep. still what, you know, and I, I, I really suffered because I knew that they would, they would suffer as well. I wasn't afraid of myself. I was, mm. I was just concerned about my family. Oh, wait, Tell, talk about that. You
1: said I wasn't afraid of myself. Can you? Or oh, for myself. Good? What did you realize? You weren't afraid, I guess, that something bad was going to happen to you. But what? No. Why not? What did you realize there? What was the thing that, that made you feel at peace with what was happening? Or, or empowered by the situation?
0: I was confident. I somehow knew that, it, uh, that I was going to beat the cancer. I mean, it was just for me, it was from the beginning on, I was just like, oh my God, oh, I have to do this, you know? <laughs> something like that. Yeah. I, I didn't see it as a curse or something, no. Right. But I was just really afraid or, or really concerned about the, the suffering because my dad had just died of cancer. Ah. at that moment yeah it was like really hard on my family my Mm. father died in july Uh because of cancer and i was diagnosed in september within two months
1: wow so can you talk a little bit about the journey from learning that you have it to knowing that you were going to beat it to talking to your family about it
0: okay it was just like within (laughs) Within eight hours, maybe. wow that know. was quick. Yeah, because, or, or, or maybe I didn't understand your question, but, but no, no. I mean, I I I was feeling sick. Then I went to the doctor at the very end. It was in the morning in Germany. And she said they did some scans and they, they, they were asking many, many questions. And I was just like, oh, this is not going well. What is it? What is it? Mm-hmm. And then she came and said, OK, it's per frau potillo uh <laughs> and then she explained that I, I had cancer that i that i couldn't be handled in that hospital and they were taking me to another one okay and i said okay and I, and that's the moment when i i'm telling you that she was she kept talking and i don't remember i don't know what she said right and i was just like oh my god I am i tell my mom and my sister because they they're still mourning my dad When I was, I was still mourning my dad, (laughs) but at the, at that moment I forgot about my father and I had just to to be just like, okay, now it's your turn. You have to go forward. And what happened? I went to the other hospital Uh and I had to wait about seven hours until it was already in the morning in Mexico. So I could call them and tell them what was going on.
1: What was that conversation like? I
0: don't remember. I know that I I talked to them and I was just like straightforward. I I think I said, okay, I'm sorry. uh, I'm also sick because they knew I was sick because I was feeling sick. I was in Mexico because of my dad and I went back to Germany, but feeling really sick. And I was just like, really, it wasn't me anymore. I was just like really sad and really Mm -hmm. tiny. And they were just like, oh, she's really, I mean, and because I had a very strong connection to my dad, Mm -hmm. we all thought that it was because of that. Because right. he was, I mean, I, I loved very him well. very much. Right. Yeah. And I, I also thought it was that. Mm-hmm. And then
1: it wasn't like. So I want to know a little bit more about the healing process for you. About what it was like to go from diagnosis to giving that news to your family to actually starting to, to heal.
0: Okay. With well, the family was quite as I said, within a, within a day, I had to tell them. And I, I remember being at the hospital and just letting everybody I knew that that loved me, I told mm-hmm. them that immediately. I, I never, I mean, I, I know a lot of people get like ashamed or are very afraid of, of this diagnosis, but I didn't. I wasn't. I was just like, okay, this is what I have. I mm-hmm. have to fight for it. So the, the earlier everybody knows, the be- the better they know. So <laughs> I'm really pragmatic. So I, I kept telling the people that I love. Everybody was shocked. I know. Yeah. But I was like, OK, don't, don't worry. I'm already at the hospital. I w- they are taking care of me and everything's going to be fine. So it was more or less like that. And I think the first three or four months, I was this optimistic, this very strong. Mm-hmm. And really, and I, my mom was already with me the first three months. And I was like, I was confident. Uh-huh. You know, I, I knew that it, 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 I had to do that. And, and, and I was doing what the, the doctors said, right. but at the same time, it was a very interesting process within my body because I learned mm. to listen to my body. Yes. And, and that's really, and that's, I think what you want to hear, right? This, yeah. this healing. And I was just like, I was really aware of who I was and how I looked uh-huh. because it, I, I started seeing all the changes in my body it changes uh, first i mean you you lose your hair mm-hmm. uh, you start your skin gets really dry and it changes mm-hmm. the color my nails also they turn purple wow yeah so it was just like you are aware of how Uh, everything changes and you have to be always like, I I had to take care of me. So I was like always aware, but not from the point of view, like, oh my God, I'm, 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 I look ugly. No, it was just like, oh my God, no, my nails. Okay. So I have to take care of them. Okay. Then I have to polish them. I have to do this. I have to do that. And at the same time.
1: weren't identifying with the changes. You were witnessing the changes.
0: Exactly. Yeah,
1: you knew like inside things were healing, and the outside was just part of a process. Just a
2: mm,
0: yeah. like,
1: like a snake when it sheds one skin. You know, you were yeah sh- somehow you didn't need anymore.
0: Yeah, and and I and I remember loving myself very much mm-hmm. at that moment. I was really confident, and I was I knew that the important person was inside of me. No, not not how I looked. Okay, so, so I want to okay.
2: hack
1: that just a little bit. I want to find. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We're talking about. Loving yourself. What are some things that you remember doing or saying, or like, what what are some of those ways that you loved yourself from the inside?
0: Uh, I took care of what I ate. I was really concerned. And I was, even though the doctor said that I, they, they ordered me not to eat raw food because I was really weak and stuff, but I couldn't do it. I mean, I I needed to eat uh, vegetables and fruits so I just cleaned them really well, and I ate them. And I was eating really, really healthy. You know, a lot of vegetables, a lot of rice, little sugar, and you know, the ideal diet actually. You know.
1: <laughs> we all know that we should eat, but we don't seem to get around to eating.
0: Right? No, no, no. I'm not. Uh, yeah, but at that at that time, I really, I, I was yeah. really concerned about how I ate, what I yeah. ate, and just giving nutrients to my body. Yeah. That was the first <laughs> thing. Nice. Yeah. I was listening to my body. I think also I was not for, um, how do you say? I was like really condensed? How do you say? I knew I I could identify when I was tired and I said, okay, Uh you need to sleep. And I want to sleep. And when I said, okay.
2: You
1: were very conscious maybe or.
0: Yeah. Conscious, but yeah, more like that. I was just like really. Yeah, listening and I just yeah. keeping uh, being aware because I I, I developed, like, you know, I spent a lot of time alone, mm. I think as well. So I was just like uh, connecting to my body and I was like, OK, what is it that you want? <laughs> OK, you want to sleep, then then go and sleep. And I slept like hours, maybe 12, 13 hours a day. And I was right. sleeping because that, that's that's what I needed. Mm. No, and sometimes when I was not that weak, I could move a little bit and then I, I went for a walk or I, sometimes I couldn't leave the house. I wasn't allowed to go out of the house, so I would just move or do a little yoga, a little stretches. But, mm-hmm. you know, like really knowing myself and just knowing that I, I may sometimes I could just do two sit ups and that's it. I was completely out. But, but that that's what, it.
1: Yeah, That was what you needed at that moment. That was what your body and, was
0: yeah but I, I was not asking myself too much and that's that's one thing that i forgot really easily afterwards you know but at that time i was uh, just like a, i wasn't strict to myself i was just uh, like really taking care of me or what else or for example when i took a shower i did it consciously and just like okay take care of yourself taking care it's just like uh, like if you d- i did things that i never i think uh, i Done that to somebody else, but not to me. And that's something you normally don't do to yourself. Take care of somebody who's sick and you 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 prepare the food for them and you you are for him or for her. Mm. But when it's for you, we we neglect ourselves very much, I think. And at that time, I didn't do that. I was just like, okay, is it it's it's your body and you and you are the same person, you are the same thing.
1: Just you know, get together and do that. What you're basically talking about is you know mindfulness practice about connecting yeah. with your needs about listening to yourself and and what i hear is this idea which is not mine obviously i heard it from tara brock which she's a, a meditation teacher mm-hmm. and she she mad well she talks about tend and befriend which is different it's like the opposite of the fight flight or freeze And it turns out that when they Ah. did studies on stressors, you know, when they discovered that, you know, in danger, we either flee or what? No, sorry. I'm probably saying it wrong. But, you know, it's like we either flee or we freeze or we fight. And the thing is that then later on, they discovered that they'd only done those studies on men. There were no women in those studies. So that's like the male reaction to stressors or to danger. And the female reaction is completely different. It's to tend and to befriend. Mm -hmm. When there's danger. So, in a way, like you intuitively knew that you needed to become, you know, you needed to take care of, to tend to the,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the
1: body was asking you to, and to befriend it and to say, okay, what does my body need to process this, to heal from this? It's, yeah. it's fascinating.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was like that. Exactly. And just like, wow. uh, and yeah, being mindful, of course. And I also had a book. Talked about the, the benefits of meditating or praying mm-hmm. when you're a cancer patient which is the same yeah <laughs> so that's what i did i i i used to put when i was i was sometimes feeling really anxious and what i did was playing uh, mantras
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> on youtube
0: and yeah. just listening to them and also crying a lot mm. on bad me this one wah, i heard that i still hear them and it's just like i think the vibrations just keep. Yep. Came directly to me, and I was just pouring myself and just like everything's good. just letting go, you know, letting go. And that's it. That's basically what I did.
1: There's a, speaking of mantras, there's another meditation teacher um, who, well, that I've listened to recently, I've kind of found out about recently. His name is Justin Michael Williams. And he's got some meditations where it's kind of asking, your, asking yourself, what is my mantra? You know, because like we all have our own mantras and they can change yeah. and at different times. But you know, right now, if I if I or you, if we look inside and we're like, okay, what is my mantra for today? What do I need to hear today? What do I need to tell myself today? Then that's what each one of us like we have that power within to like say, Okay, today I need healing, today I need peace, today I need to fight for what's right something that's <laughs> not right in my life and I need yeah. to fight for it. You know, we have all of that information inside. So if yeah, we but turn it into a mantra. It's like, wow, we have that power to change things. Yeah, life.
0: the problem is that we never get to to do these things because we why never. Not, we, why not? Because we we are always within this, you know, like the always. The hamster a, wheel. Yeah, the hamster wheel, and yeah. that's why I remember. With yeah, for me it was a very nice time when I was sick. <laughs> <laughs> I could have died. I know, but uh. you know, this this eight months. I was just really peaceful and I was just in contact with myself. I didn't have a lot of stress or just a little bit sometimes, but I was just like really living, really mindful. Mm -hmm. and just being aware of what was important to me. And they were just basically three things, having food, (laughs) having my family and my friends. Mm -hmm. The rest of the things are not, not important at all.
1: And they would take care of them. Well, they did take care of themselves, you know, in the end, (laughs) All of those things were taking care of themselves your energy needed to focus on those three areas yeah that was that was kind of how you figured it out you know Mm -hmm. just listening to yourself or by i think that we all one of the things that i that i find interesting about meditation is we're practicing to listen to ourselves because we don't normally do it and even people who meditate like i meditated for years before i realized oh wait you know instead of not listening to the things that are coming up again and again this is so that I can listen to those things that are coming up again and again. And when we start trusting in the information that's inside, that's when we're like, oh, wait, yeah, I, I should probably attend to that. Right. I should probably listen to that thing that comes up over and over again, because there's some there's an important message for me there.
0: Yeah, but that's intuition.
2: Yeah.
0: And we, we, we are not or we are not taught to all the way around. I mean, in my case, <laughs> I was taught not to listen to my intuition and just go with my mind yes you have to be logical but i've discovered that my my mind is crazy and the more i listen to my mind the the craziest uh, the crazier i get and when i Uh get to listen to my heart my intuition it's it's wiser and and when i do the things that my intuition say everything Mm -hmm. works out
1: you know it's really fascinating (laughs) I was just listening to a, to a podcast yesterday called 60 Mindful Minutes, and it was talking about intuition, and it was talking about how we, like, we're taught to ignore, like you were just saying, we're taught to ignore our intuition and to just use our thinking minds to make decisions. And it's funny because it's true, Like the more that we actually trust those intuitions, the more that we understand that our thinking mind can help us, but we shouldn't just listen to it. Like, it's there for, it's, for me, the thinking mind is fear. It's that thing that's like trying to warn us of possible danger. And intuition is more from a place of love. Like just, this is the way it can be if you trust in this, you know? Mm. So that fear is there for a reason. That rational mind is there for a reason. It's to like make it clearer for us how to move forward with what our intuition is telling us to do. What do you think about that?
0: Uh, Yeah, but at the same time, I think mind is just like a Western construction because we think Mm. that the mind is something that cannot make mistakes.
1: It's a very masculine energy. The mind is very masculine. It's,
0: it's very masculine and, it's, yeah. and we think that it, because it's rational or because it comes from our mind, it's gonna be okay. But right. how many times your thoughts are completely unaware? I mean, everything, you can, you, and I, I mean, I tend to be like that. I mean, I have like a very fast mind and I can make a lot of stories on my mind, have mm-hmm. nothing to do with the reality. Mm. and that's you know that's my daily fight not fight but you know like my daily. how do you say like yeah that's my struggle. daily my struggle then I say yeah. okay shut up and listen <laughs> to your heart because my intuition say, is really strong
1: tend and befriend
0: so that's I think tend and befriend we, yeah
1: something that we like I myself and a lot of people I think when we when we start to be aware of how important mental space is it can be meditation or prayer. Or just like taking a walk in the forest, or you know, along the beach, whatever. Just kind of being alone with yourself. There's like this this mental message that says, "Okay, I have to shut up my thoughts. I have to make them be quiet because they're bothering me." And I think that there, like what you were saying before about how you intuitively knew how to heal the cancer, was just like listening, like you tended and befriended. So I'm thinking as I'm listening to you. Yeah. Like, we don't need to fight against those thoughts. We need to, like, tend and befriend them. So, okay, you can yeah. there. what are you trying to tell me? All right, thank you, and then let it go.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's normally what they say when you, when you meditate. You have to, to see your thoughts like, like clouds. You easier know, said you go. than
1: done, right? It sounds really easy, and it's freaking hard. Yeah. <laughs> and with practice, it comes easier, you know? Yeah. The more that we practice just observing our thoughts and, like, thanking our thoughts, for the information that they want to bring us, like the the more that we can just be like, "Hey, buddy," you know, like, "Hey, friend, how you doing? Nice to see you, and then see you later, and let him go." Yeah,
0: it's it's just like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but the, 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 I think it's also depending on the people because there are some others who are really emotional, mm-hmm. and they 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 feel only with their heart. I mean, mm-hmm. they they cannot think. It's like uh, we are all constructed in different ways,
1: and it's cool because like there's you know. We have different, whatever you call those centers or chakras or whatever it is, you know, I don't know. We have them in different strengths. So it's kind of cool when we get together with people who have one area that's stronger than an area that we have, because we kind of find that balance. We balance each other out, which is why like coming together is such a really cool way of like doing this inner journey, I think, because we can see ourselves in other people. And like, if they're a step further on the journey in the heart area than I am, then I can like learn from them. Like, oh my gosh, that's right. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I get what you're experiencing. I get what you're living. Thank you for that information. Now I can use that too to go further on my journey, you know, of including yeah. of who I am in being me.
0: Yeah, that's right. I think, as you say, we, have, we are in different levels within each other. I mean, it's just like at the very end, I think we all have the same, <laughs> the same subjects, yeah. no? Yeah. In our curricula, but there are people who are like really three or four levels away right. <laughs> when it comes to mind. Yeah. But at the same time, with feelings, they are like minus 10. <laughs> so they have to learn how to listen to your feelings or how to acknowledge feelings. Yeah. You know, for me, culturally, that's also interesting because as a Mexican, you yeah. know, Mexicans live and have like, like really are emotional, not as emotional as Spaniards, I think, <laughs> but Somewhere still. In between, right? Yeah, a little bit more conservative. but But we feel a lot and we are aware of our feelings or our with the death and with Mm -hmm. spirits and, you know, like a lot of magic within our culture. And we live like this no. And I I was raised like that, although we were Catholic, but still there was always like the ghost or something. I mean, for me, it was just daily and daily basis like this. And then I went to Germany where logic and everything is just like really, really strict, everything.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Everything has to be logical with a mythology and just like that. And it was just like the opposite. Yeah. And at the beginning, I was really, I admired that because I said, wow, that's what Mexico needs. Mexico needs like this structure, this logic. And if we were like this, we, it would, mm-hmm. be, we would be better, no? But within the, uh, what, as time passed by, I realized that that isn't either a solution because they were, at least in general, Germans are really good with thinking, right. but not with feeling. <laughs> <laughs> they don't they don't allow and the Germans
1: except to to <laughs> you know this is one interpretation though no, it's fine I love
0: it but <laughs> yeah I mean that's it I lived there and I was I, you know they always they were always telling me oh Esperanza you're so emotional oh my god and I was just like okay why is it okay in Germany and I, I asked them very a lot of times they said okay why is it okay to be happy and to show your happiness but why is it bad to be sad. And when I'm sad or when I have concerns that I cry, Mm. what is bad about crying? And they couldn't answer that.
1: It's a, well, the more, the more mental we are, the more like male masculine dominated we are, the more that we believe the story that we've been told that men are only allowed to get angry. Like that's the only emotion contentment. Okay. You can be happy as long as you don't get too happy. You know, because if you get too yeah. happy, then there's something wrong with you. But you can only be angry, and that's like yeah. the unhealthy way of being a person in the world. You know. Yeah,
0: and that's why I said no. I want. I don't want to be either way. I, I'm in the middle, and I'm myself. I have. I'm a mixture mm. of. I take a little bit of everybody. Yeah. And now, now I'm living in the Basque country. You know, and they have a, like another another. <laughs> way of being, and I'm just trying to pick the good things about each yeah. culture and just to mix them and to make myself a better person somehow.
1: You know, that's, I'm really glad that you've gotten there because this is kind of where I wanted to, to take our conversation as to how we can include all those different parts of our experience into who we are. My personal experience is that, you know, there are parts of who I am that I'm just now at 45 understanding, accepting and saying, hey, like, this is what makes me, me like I have superpowers because of all of the experiences that I've had together. And this is how I can impact the world. This is how I can make things better. So maybe you could talk a little bit about how you see in your experience, those different pieces of who you are coming together into the Esperanza that's sitting here now talking to us.
0: Okay. I think the, fr- the first mistake we do with our kids or what they I it's just that they teach us how to, that there's just one way to be. Mm. You're either, a, no, you're either a woman or a man. Yeah. You're good, you're bad. Yeah. It's everything black or white yep. <laughs> in many senses. No, you are Mexican, you're German, yep. you're European, you're American, whatever. Oh. And so I think that I had a lot of struggles within that because I was experimenting lot lots of things and just including many, many areas. Mm-hmm. And as you say, many experiences and until I read or I don't know where I, I saw it, that identity is just like the, there are many things and one doesn't exclude the other one. Right. And when we accept that we can embra- embrace everything, yeah. Yeah. then then you're happy with yourself because then you see yourself as a whole. No, mm-hmm. no, no not, not a whole, as a whole. <laughs> 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 you know? Right, and I think maybe that's one of the things that I just recently discovered that I don't have to choose between one thing or the other. I can take both, or three, or all, or, of or, or, or three, all, 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 all of them.
1: Exactly, and it's not just the places that you've lived; it's also the things that you've done and the things that have formed part of your experience. Like the fact that you had cancer and got over cancer—that's also a huge part of who you are.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's maybe that's one of the secrets to how you tapped into your intuition.
0: Yeah. And at the same time, I think it's also important not to define ourselves because of one of these things. Yes. I'm not. No. I'm against defining myself now Mm. because, okay, I don't want to go back to cancer. But at that time, I I always knew I said, okay, yes, I'm I'm sick now. Mm. But please, to my friends, talk to me about the normal stuff. I don't want to be known as the other. My girlfriend, oh, uh, she's the one with cancer. No, right? It's part of my. It's part of my life now. Yeah, that's it, and that's the same thing with everything. You know, I I don't want to be like, oh, she's the Mexican. No, okay, she's <laughs> the Mexican living uh, living in Germany and now in the Basque country, and I'm. She's also the anthropologist, but she's also the girl who likes. The intercultural and the, trainer
1: and the third intercultural cultural trainer <laughs>
0: and whatever it is, I, we are many things.
1: Yes, we are possibility. We are infinite possibility.
0: Yes. So the the less we search for categories or just mm-hmm. like putting ourselves in different drawers, the more freedom we will have I more accept. I mean, I accept myself, or I started accepting myself the moment I realized that I'm I'm a bit of everything. Mm. No somehow
1: oh, you know, I, when we start the sentence i am i feel like if we fill in that blank we're limiting ourselves already you know, we don't need to define like you said we don't need to to put a label on all the things that no just like we're much more than that you know language is also just because language is a very limiting way to express our experience you know we have very limit this is something that i think when you people who speak more than one language understand suddenly wow one experience can be described in very different ways, and it feels very different to describe an experience in one language or another language. So let's imagine if we could go further beyond like language itself and say, wow, how many different possibilities? How, like it's, it's infinite. Like we, could, we can literally do whatever we want, whatever we can manifest. We can make it come true. It's just about mm-hmm. daring to dream a little bit bigger, daring to look inside to find those dreams that we have, that we're scared of.
0: Yeah, but that's because categories limit. There are limits. Mm. Mm. So, no.
1: <laughs> how can we free ourselves from those categories? Esperanza, enlighten us, please. <laughs> Give us some, some tips, a hint, whatever you can tell us. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen, listen to your intuition. What does it say?
0: I mean, I think deep inside, we all know who we are or we, who we want to be.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: we are always afraid of fitting of in. Mm. No, I think there's something, I mean, everybody wants to fit in. We, we want to be unique, but at the same time, we want to fit in.
1: I can't remember exactly what it is that Brene Brown says about fitting in. It's something like the opposite of belonging is fitting in. Yeah. So the more we try to fit into the mold of what we think someone else wants us to be, the less connection we have with that person, the less like we can honestly be with that person as who we are.
0: Yeah. And that's why I think it's difficult, but I, I mean, I think when you are younger, it's you want to fit in somehow, you know. You, 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 we need also that, yeah. We need, but to I think, off. yeah, we need to belong, but belonging doesn't mean that we have to be all the same.
1: Okay, so now I'm going to bring this back to a question which I thought about asking you in the beginning, and this <laughs> is a place to ask. So, a lot, I've heard a lot of times people saying that people who migrate, people who move, people who go somewhere else, we're either running from something or we are running towards something. When I think about my own experience as a migrant, like I, I now understand that I was running from something and also I was running towards something. Uh, in your case, do you, do you know if that's true? Is there something that you think you were running from or running towards? I think both. Uh,
0: I mean, I was running from... Oh, from this Catholic world in which I was living and just like really, really conservative and boring where I was raised. I didn't like that. Uh, everything expected for a, the, the only expectations for a woman, for a woman was like, OK, OK, you can study until you meet somebody and then you marry and you have kids. No, uh-huh. so more or less like that. And I said, right. no, I don't want to have kids. And I knew I didn't want to have kids wow. since I was. Yeah, I, I never wanted to have kids. So, so i i was i didn't fit in this this right. world and I, and as i said before i wanted to see the world I, I knew that there were i wanted to learn other languages i wanted to see to travel mm. and to live myself i to, to and i think i was running from the person they said i was ah you know yes that's it <laughs> no i okay esperanza she's the oldest and she's, she's the girl. responsible one. she's responsible, she's yep. she's responsible, she's a good student, She's she has a lot of temper, but, <laughs> uh, but we can manage her uh, just oh. like that, you know? Yeah. And I just wanted to live my life and say, okay, let's see if that's true. Right.
1: Let me discover who I am.
0: Yeah. I wanted to discover who I was. Yeah. And then a lot of a sudden, on the other side of the world, then you definitely discover many new things of yourself and many others that you neglected or you said no that can't be true then it turns out to be that you love that and you do the same no?
2: Tell us
1: about one of those things that you discovered about yourself that you originally neglected and then now you love
0: it. For example I I think because of my family was so perfect I was I, I didn't want that anymore and I said no I need to live my life and I can live it on my own. No, and I, many years I did that, but at the set, but then I met the other part, and I said no. But we do need people to be around. We need care. We need to be to belong at the same time. That that comes to belonging, and I said no. I want, and, and even though I was living on the other side of the world, I went back to Mexico because I missed my parents very much, and I wanted to be to spend time with them. And then I realized that even though I like being abroad or, or living somewhere else, I I am somebody who needs to have a nest <laughs> and a place oh, wow. to stay
1: exactly no a nest is really important like you know they say home is where you hang your hat whatever it's but it's too, like we really do need to have like a nest like roots somewhere we need to understand that we belong to ourselves first of all and then like to something much bigger than us
0: yeah and you need I, I, at least i need to feel safe mm. somewhere i need I, I like safety
1: yeah, it's a, a basic human need to feel safe.
0: Yeah, but there are many people who don't who, who say that they don't need that. That they, and but I do. I like freedom, you know, and and I discovered that I, that can be really contradictory because I love freedom, but at the same time I want safety.
1: Well, I think I, I think it's really interesting that you bring that up because you know we're we live with constant contradiction.
0: Like I think part yeah. of
1: accepting all of us is accepting it's, that. There are parts of us that kind of enter into conflict with other parts of us, or they contradict one another, apparently. And when we learn to just like accept them as part of something that's all encompassing, and we're like, oh yeah, I can be someone who needs safety and who also needs independence.
0: Yeah. And that's uh, that's something I wanted to say before and I forgot. It's exactly when, when you accept that you are contradictory, then you make peace with yourself. Yeah. You make peace. Yeah. Because as you say, yes, I like that. Uh, and nah, nah, I nah.
2: hmm.
1: Otherwise, you'll fall to pieces. <laughs> right? Just kind of playing with your words there. When you make peace with yourself, you take all the pieces and let them be together. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay, let's, uh, let's talk about just a couple more things. We're, we're kind of on the final stretch now. So I want you to talk a little bit about the future, speranza. The future as you see it now, knowing what you know now and kind of, you know, imagining the future that you would like to live in, what play, what part do you see yourself playing in the future that you want to live in? Like now that you're, I I, I see you as bidding, as really being on this journey of discovering all of who you are and integrating all of who you are. So I, I get the feeling that you have kind of a clear vision, or at least you, you have an idea of where you're going. So what part do you see yourself
0: playing in the future? I discovered also recently that I can, I don't see myself as a role model, but I know that I have experienced a lot of things and that I'm willing to share this, these experiences with people. And I think that's my mission now to, to help others to go through their path, they're choosing, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, what we talked about, like, uh, okay, maybe not the, these personal things, but that we recently discovered that we are the so-called third culture adults. And then since then, everything just makes a little bit more sense. And I know a lot of people are struggling with these things, So I want to help others to find themselves and to accept themselves. Mm. So I think that in my future, I I discovered that I like coaching. I'm Mm. not a certified coach at all, but I like this idea of coaching or mentoring people.
1: It's funny because when you're talking about the, I could hear like, we're kind of going through an, a collective identity crisis in the world. And, you know, people who may maybe have already arrived to a place where like, oh, yeah, I realized that I was having an identity, an identity crisis and now I'm like figuring it out. So I think that people who are in that position, of, oh, yeah, I'm starting to figure this out can really bring a lot of good to the world in us going through this collective identity crisis.
0: Yeah. And I also know a lot of people who are uh, a lot of Mexicans who are who want to migrate mm-hmm. to leave the country. So I think I can be really helpful mm-hmm. to them because I, I mean, I've done that twice and I know what to expect and what, to, what not to expect when you leave the country. It, it's, everything is not as ideal as you think.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's
2: not.
0: <laughs> and so I'm mentoring a, uh, some people. Mm-hmm in this matter so i see myself in this direction just and at the same time just like learning yeah learning more about myself just yeah. discovering new 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 things and i think allowing myself also to experiment other things because for a long time i i was just like no that doesn't no you have to do the to go this path and that will distract you just don't learn that learn these things learn these things and now i'm on the opposite way i'm just like you're interested now in that try it out let's see yeah. maybe it helps maybe it doesn't like you if not you leave it and then you change and just you know like change yeah. i mean you we, we are not so, you, you're allowed yeah exactly. embrace change we are allowed to change also our minds
1: yes we are the other day it was that also brait brown said something about majoring in curiosity you know when we go to mm-hmm. when we go to university you know we kind of are we really supposed to decide what we want to do with the rest of our lives when we're eighteen years old? How realistic is that? No. And she was. No. no. She told her daughter, "You can go to school, but I want you to major in curiosity. If you figure out what you want to do by the time you graduate, okay. And if not, it's okay as well. Like you need to figure out what it is that you're here for."
0: And in order to achieve that, you have to try out many things, unless yeah. you are one of these privileged person who know from yeah. from age one that they want to be a doctor.
1: And some that's
0: it. That. That.
1: Some people, yeah, right away.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a Long
1: time to get there, but we eventually get there, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, but you know, something also really important to be aware of is that everything you learn, mm-hmm. everything, somehow. Even maybe now it doesn't make sense, but with it, I promise you that in 10 years, then you will remember and say, oh, thank God I learned how to do that. (laughs)
2: Yes,
0: (laughs) because some some in in the future, everything will all the all the pieces again with the pieces will match.
1: You know, I'm looking at you for people who are listening, like Esperanza is moving her hands around, like in front of her face. And I'm thinking about when I I, years ago, I, I did some storytelling and I learned I taught myself how to juggle You know, and I and so now you're saying that I'm like, why in the world will I need to know how to juggle? But I'm convinced that like maybe symbolically or not, but you know, juggling is basically a way of of holding different things all together at once. So maybe it has to do with sometimes it's metaphorical. It's not always. Yeah,
0: and juggling is also balance. Yeah, and coordination.
1: And coordination exactly. (laughs) Um,
0: Everything.
1: It all comes together. Everything like there's. It, it's all, it all makes sense. You know, the more that we listen, the more that we stop and listen and just kind of accept our intuition, the more it all starts to make sense. And the more we know, hmm. the more that we know what our superpower is. <laughs> so,
0: But we don't have one superpower. We have lots. We have lots.
1: Exactly. I believe. So tell me, um, tell us what are, if you had to say just three of your superpowers, what are they and how do you think those are going to make a difference?
0: I'm curious i am
1: um sorry so how does curiosity make a difference in the world
0: if you're curious you let yourself not judge that much because you are you're experiencing new things for the first time or maybe are just giving at least a chance to to see what comes no so you're not as you're not so judgmental theoretically (laughs) <laughs> yes. you're also like really i mean curiosity is the opposite of being um of fear fear freezes you but if you are curious then you go you will go forward mm. so yeah i think so yes. Yes. so i'm curious i am i'm flexible i think mm. also I can adapt to many things. Many, sometimes I'm not really happy with the, with the changes, but I can adapt myself to them. I'm really resilient in that, in yeah, that it's, sense. You're thinking
1: the word resilience. Adaptability is resilience, isn't it?
0: Yeah, but, uh, you know, the, but resilience is, was, was such a nice word, and now uh, everything now. is resilient.
2: Uh, oh my God.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's burnout. And uh, what else?
1: One more superpower that, that makes a difference in the world?
0: I think intuition.
1: Mm. And how does that make a difference, esperanza, hope?
0: <laughs> because if you are intuitive, you connect with yourself. And, you for, and you are, I think you are more true to yourself than with the mind. Because the mind is, is really contaminated with many, with many things that you hear, mm. with many expectations and many even so, uh, social rules. Mind is conditioned and your heart isn't.
1: It's not. Your heart is free. That's where true freedom is inside your heart. Yeah. I have one last uh, question for you. And it's kind of, we could actually kind of use your answers to this last part about your superpowers. I want to end these conversations with a challenge, with an inclusion challenge for people who are listening. So in order to become all of us, we have to look inside and accept this challenge.
2: Mm-hmm. What
1: challenge would you like to share with other people? What challenge would you like them to, to experiment on their own or to investigate or to observe on their own? Maybe try being more mm-hmm. curious. I'm thinking about the it's yeah. mentioned, maybe try being more curious, see what happens.
0: Yeah, I think curiosity would work out because I believe that most of us think we know the person who's in front of us or only because we see them, we invent ourselves their story.
1: And we're asking and we, them through our story.
0: Yeah. We don't allow them to speak out their mind or to speak up their mind or to, you know, you say, okay, especially now with nationalities, maybe, no? Oh, he's an American. And you have, your, you have prejudices or stereotypes, no? In everything. And it, or uh, he's a doctor or he's, he's just a gardener.
1: Oh, that's a good one. That is such a good no,
0: one. No, he's, he's just a gardener. Mm. Yeah. You have no idea what his what his life is, mm-hmm. and what he can teach you. So, if we are curious, you at least give them a chance. And I'm I'm sure you're surprised if we gave people a chance to, or we not people. If we give us a chance to know other people, we will be surprised how much we can learn from others. That's good.
1: So no? the challenge is to give ourselves a chance to get to know. Yeah.
0: Others. Yeah, even if they seem to be like the opposite to you or somebody who cannot, who has nothing.
1: Especially if they seem to be the opposite of you. That's, <laughs> those are the people that we can learn the most from.
0: Yeah, and it can be from the cashier at the supermarket or somebody, you know, because I think we're mostly, we tend to be like really, you know, like posh. And just like, oh, no, no, no. If if, if you have studied, I mean, people who didn't st- who didn't go to college cannot teach you anything. And that's... That's both true. (laughs) Yeah. So that's the type of people you have to go to and try to learn something from them. To change judgment for curiosity. Mm. Switch. Try switching Mm. judgment
1: for curiosity. Give yourself permission. Yeah. Yeah. Esperanza, I am so grateful for having you here today. (laughs) It has been... I knew it was going to be a great conversation, but it has far exceeded it. Oh. So I didn't, there, you know, there I am. I was already judging what I thought this could be, and it's been so much more. Thank you for, for sharing your story. Thank you for including me <laughs> in, in a little bit of who you are. And thanks.
0: <laughs> oh, thanks for inviting
1: me. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Anybody uh, who wants to know more about Esperanza, uh, I will put a, a link to her information on the episode notes. Okay. Thanks, Esperanza. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you can feel the inspiration and passion that we put into this conversation and that it empowers you to be confident, compassionate, and courageous on your journey, on our journey, to becoming all of us. Thanks to the group Bombadil for our intro music, Avery. And to Scott Grattan for our outro music, Motown is Yo Town. Come join us again next week for more. Until then, shine bright, you beautiful soul. You are the change the world needs. Go out and shine.